The Wolf and Bull podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the Wolf and Bull team in their personal capacity. This podcast is for expressive listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions may or may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. Due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised. something and put it away wet that's when you take your horse out just ride him like crazy and you don't brush him down or dry him off first you just put him in their stall wet that is that's what it's from believe well, it or not i guess you learn something new every day that is not what i i was expecting you, you to say ride it and put it away rode wet. hard and put away wet Yikes. that's oh. the old saying that's disgusting you, you have you know that would an be Arabian a great horse or a, a quarter horse or something for like an only ride hard and put it away i wet. promise you it is a tagline someone is making count. 10 million dollars a month with that tagline i'll take for one. sure i'll take one of that one million of it yeah one not? million just a cool adjusting. one million a month i could i could do one million a month yeah that's fair that seems Probably. right it seems about right you know that's worth our time you know, one million a month, and by our time, I mean your time. A month. Yeah, well, that's a weird way to start what off the you episode. Even do with one well, million I mean, dollars a month. We're talking about you know road scholars, road casters, things to ride horses. So you got, you can got to flow with it. You got to. Sometimes let I feel your mind when you get one of those blinking signs for you and i that just says just like stop oh what was the staples button you'd slap yeah that was that was that was easy that was i've still got one of those things. yeah stop stop never had to replace a battery either yeah well the most powerful batteries that's right well um welcome to the wolf and bull uh this is a very interesting podcast we like to start things off a little spicy uh I am the wolf. And I am the bull. And in the corner we have... Beowulf. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, obviously, uh, just a quick few disclaimers before we jump into everything. Uh, if you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on a few various social media platforms. I'm butchering this. Uh, <laughs> follow on Instagram. You can give us a, a like to one of our episodes or our posts or any various updates. Uh, you can also give us a five-star five rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. I don't know why I said podcasts. Uh, you feel and like you've been Amazon Music. hard and put away wet. It's been a weird day. Um you know, our team has really been overhauling some things. Obviously, now we've got video going on. We've had audio going on for a while now. Um, and we would love to build a family. So we'd love for you to join us. Isn't that You're nice? You're making such a splash that one of the animals in this group may have to be aquatic soon. Listen, we're looking for some engagement here. So wow. even if it's hate mail or love mail, wow. preferably, yeah. go ahead and hate comment, mail, love leave mail. a review. Email, snail mail. Show us the love. Male, or female, no despisement male. Despisement you have. Despisement. 
Uh, I am like I am currently the guest on this podcast. Oh my god, you are not the so perma guest. You're like you're like the frost on the ground in Alaska. It's the permafrost. The Just perma-guest. a little, little frosting on the top. That's right. But, there you go. But uh, wolf and bull here. It's wolf and bull. They're and the a real masterminds. Bale. Sure. I was told that I'm the the brainchild and the star of the show. So. That's right. <laughs> Got to put the spotlight on me. But YouTube. then he looked away from the mirror. And quit talking to yeah himself, so. yeah that's what i do uh my room is just mirrors actually it's really awkward hey, like don't throw he any lives stones in a fun in house the angles are terrible with all yes <laughs> different angles so he yeah. likes to walk around what do i like yeah. well, we're gonna keep going on that path we need a sign for head. you when i think when i think of too. a room full of mirrors <laughs> I, I think of uh the the new it too oh boy the old I see that well, stream are they doing yeah. a third one are they gonna no they're gonna do it until the red balloons are all gone they will drive one. that thing. They will do a remake in about five years, and you'll be going, oh, my God, I'm old. Listen, That's you know what? Say. Those Every remakes, the one and two, were really good. They were, but m- most I remakes. So. No, they're usually terrible, yeah, but, but that, those ones but did pretty good. But then you look back at the old pre-CGI stuff or infant CGI yeah. stuff, uh, a lot of movies, and you're like, whoa. We were watching A New Hope. <clears throat> I knew you are going to go Star Wars. I knew you are going to go there. Listen, still good, but. A new hope needs new hope. Is that what you're saying? They they tried reviving it with new age CGI when mm. they redid the like it's on Disney Plus now and they have scenes that obviously weren't in the original movie of you know like a spaceship that's like a, obviously CGI in floating across the universe. Oh no, that's in the new one. Oh, new we don't movie. speak of that out no. of respect for Carrie Fisher and um, our sanity. She what does that have to do with rem- respect? She's she the does. one that decided to be in that movie and film that scene. She watched Listen, it and she went, made a bag. Yeah. Was she that actually in it at that time or was she already passed? No, no, no. That, oh, when that movie question. came out, no, the movie. Yeah. She, she was still, I mean, she doesn't even remember around. filming in the first few movies cause she was, she obviously admits up the whole that, time. but Hey, you know what? That is a great segue. Into, into the monologue yeah. yes yeah uh i am not coked up all the time so i have no <laughs> idea what that means rest in peace um, yes. yeah rest in peace but yeah uh quick little monologue before we get into the actual topic of the discussion <clears throat> um it's monday morning it's early and the sun is shining and you've awoken rested energetic and ready for the week now obviously i don't think this has ever been me we're talking in uh, real ethereal terms here You go through your morning routine, cleaned, polished, and feeling ready to challenge the world. You, being a millennial, who is likely 800 years old and stressed uh, years, walks into your kitchen, you make a cup of coffee, some breakfast, and you sit down to engage with whatever your favorite medium of gathering information is. So, you tune into the Disney Channel. It's 2042. After all, all the major news organizations have either gone out of business, imploded during the revolutionary activist years of the 2020s, or transformed into what would be considered pseudo-Joel Osteen-esque theological expression sessions. Mm. Except all of those channels are majorly depressing and blame nearly every incident in some way, shape, or form on feminist women. The tables have turned... In the 2030s, independent minorities became the bad group, quote unquote, according to these channels. And in the 2020s, it was straight white males. Um, as you eat your free range locust bacon, Mixie Mouse, <laughs> the term Mickey was deemed racially offensive uh, in 2007 or 2027. Your mind wanders back to the good old days, back to when Jeffrey Tubin was Tubin himself in front of their co- other co-workers while simultaneously appearing on Anderson Cooper's 360 degree show offering legal insight or when all major news outlets focused in on focused in on what 
the now infamous January 6th committee, committee, an organized group of political lemmings who somehow spent 9.3 million taxpayer dollars to result in a television event with at most 300 total civilians who tuned into the Snorefest, all of which happened to be uh, CNN employees. And finally, your mind wanders to fond memories of Fox News's Laura Ingram, who somehow couldn't put the puzzle pieces together fast enough to realize that no, Raymond Arroyo was not referencing you as in Laura Ingram. Ingram herself, but the Netflix telethriller You, a show so deep in its concept that an entire generation confused uh, stalking and murdering with love and affection. Imagine Dexter meets Fifty Shades of Grey and you have the right idea. Now, either way, you eventually wonder what in the heck happened to the major news media. That was beautifully butchered. It was great. I, was, I stumbled through that like what, I was what, running what you, a 110 is, yard dash. Good, actually. What is You? EWE? Is this a show about sheep? Are you being serious? You said lemmings. You, you talking about sheep he, following? He's, he's, I don't think he's, he's being, not serious. being serious. What? Yeah, no, he's not being serious. Well, maybe Laura Ingram wasn't being serious. I don't know. No. Have you seen the footage of that? I did. She was being and serious. She was definitely straight faced. Yeah. But are, are you, have you read up on it to see? Because I wasn't sure I when I saw it. Yeah. I, I was like, really? I've watched the entire Somebody clip. Somebody tell her you is you. This is a who's on first bit from Laurel and Hardy way yeah. back. I feel like everything has become a Saturday Night Live skit. Skit, yeah. and and that's part of the reason why. Sorry, Saturday Night Live SNL. I don't laugh very much when I see your skits because I just say, "Well, that is exactly what I saw on the normal television show." Well, I think I think you just hit on something very key, and that we're going to talk about today. I mm. believe, and that there is no normal. There, there never has yeah. really been a, a true normal. We could go back and maybe it started that way. But I, I think we'll discover through this discussion that um, a lot of this has been going on since the inception of communication tools in the first place. Right. And you know what? It, this reminds me immediately. I know that this is a favorite movie of yours, Anchorman 2. Oh, absolutely. Anchorman 2, for those who haven't seen it, the premise sort of in layman's terms is that Ron Burgundy, who is played by Will Ferrell, sort of created the the normal news cycle, sensational news cycle that we're used to today. And I think in real world terms, a lot of us refer back to O.J. Simpson in the white Bronco mm -hmm. and the slow chase through L.A. as one of the big moments where maybe a lot of maybe, though likely, a lot of news outlets realized, oh, we can keep eyes glued advertisers happy sort of thing. And in Anchorman 2, he sort of created that. So I wonder, when we think of major news outlets, where does that line stop between, I am a news network that is trying to inform the public of important topics and issues, mm -hmm. and I am an entertainment well, source to just fill the endless void of time and space for everyone who's bored with their mundane. Well, I think the the question because I, I think we've I personally my opinion I think we've surpassed that I think that you know news obviously and we'll go through this entire in its entirety I've compiled some very comprehensive notes it took me years <laughs> of my life it took years off my life actually um, but I think we've moved past from like relevant news source past muckraking past entertainment news almost to the point where these agencies and these organizations are almost tied physically to whatever narratives they push out and they can't deviate um well, well yeah I, I, think about it i mean i'm sorry no, no, go. just just very quickly when you think of left-wing right-wing news 
outlets, the first thing people think of is CNN versus Fox News, right? Mm-hmm. That's the very first. Yeah. Well, we're going to dig into that. I'm oh, sure. I know. I, I, I know. We will be. Interesting stuff. We will definitely but be I, digging I, into I, it. I think that that there's there's a, a a bridge that we have to come to later in this this podcast. And let's not forget this. Let's circle back around this because I think it's ultimately important. And that's we're going from what we deemed as a communication tool to disseminate true information or however one wants to interpret it, which is editorializing, which is sensationalizing, which is entertainment, et cetera, et cetera. But instead of dealing with all those nuances and all those differences, what we've come to is just redefinition. And I think we need to get back to that later. And I'll, yeah. I'll focus in on that at a point because I don't want to get distracted and go too far off the, the beaten path here. Because, you know, that's, you know what Let happens when you do that, that with down. horses? If you do that with horses, you know what happens, right? And we're going back to this. They get rode hard. And by the way, God, it's just so uncomfortable. It's everybody knows that saying, do they not? Saying. I mean, who doesn't know that saying? Anybody so ride a horse out there? Anybody? It doesn't make it any less before. uncomfortable. It's Why okay. is it uncomfortable? It's You're like sharing the hot something for teachers. Well, it depends Share on if, if, you, you, if you know how to ride Ugh. English style or if oh you go Western God. style. You see, but, with no, a saddle, I know about that. Back, you know, I get what he's saying, but the implication is that it's it's not what he's saying. It sounds I, like your mind just, has been muddled through years. I think of you've had too much, much yeah, yes. too much TikTok has destroyed my mind. Yes, I think yeah. so. You're a muckraker. Well, Mr. Muckraker. As I was putting together these uh, these notes, I thought that I would cover something that was an op-ed. So, disclaimer for our viewers: this is an op-ed that was on the homepage of the Washington Post. Um, now I am aware there are differences between an op-ed and an actual news article, but I do think that there is some credence to this point that I'm making because I think people are more prone to read op-eds. That's my assumption. Their titles are normally a lot more enticing their titles are normally tailored in such a way that get people to click on them and then eyes on the pages. Um, so well, uh, wait, before you continue, wouldn't you think that's also the news media outlet that's sharing that op-ed sort of wiping their hands clean of any sort of issues. Cause think about it. Yeah. Amber Heard wrote an op-ed about Johnny Depp. So exactly. well, you Johnny just Depp said this, won in court. This op-ed was on the front page. You said right? yeah. on the of front the, page the, yesterday. Right. Op-eds, yes. if they really want them to be op-eds, you know where they're at in the back. Well, they're in their pages. Not, on, not online the, anymore. That's because yeah. they're not news anymore. It's because yeah. it's all about the headline. So, I'm going to cherry pick some things from this article, but basically it's about the, uh, the January 6th commission. Um, and it's incredibly biased, um, unfortunately. And then we'll cover that later in this podcast. I want to make it very clear that, uh, my political affiliation, I want to try and differentiate my personal political affiliation from my observations when it comes to whatever I put together data wise. Um, this particular op ed has a few quotes in here that I think are pretty telling of where the organization and where news is right now, quote unquote. Um, so this is about the January 6th committee. Um, this is a statement from Republican Adam Kinzig, uh, Kinzinger. Uh, who was one of the two Republicans in the House January 6th committee. Uh, He said, quote, unquote, there is violence in the future, I'm going to tell you, he said on ABC's This Week. And until we get a grip on telling people the truth, we can't expect any differently. Um, Further stated in this op-ed, Arizona House Speaker Rusty Bowers, a Republican, testified about the man with a pistol who threatened his neighbor and the people who came to his house with a panel with panel trucks, with videos of me proclaiming me to be a pedophile and a pervert and a corrupt politician, upsetting his wife and terminally ill daughter. Now, the statement 
uh, prior with Adam Kinzinger, I think we need to look at this from an analytical perspective. Maybe uh, not only, maybe not from a political perspective, but more from an analytical perspective in the sense that, I don't know about you guys, but I do remember a time not so long ago in which there was a lot of violence and people predicted said violence and didn't predict said violence, but looked past the violence that occurred, and I'm referring to 2020, Mm -hmm. um, and said things like this while ignoring the things that happened in the past. Now, I don't want to conflate things. I think there's a variation amongst the January 6th situation and the the rioting over the summer of 2020. I think both are terrible. Um, I would consider them both equally terrible because I don't think there should be any disparity. At the same time, I do think there is a difference in size and damage and extremes. Um, And, you know, Adam Kinzinger's statement here would imply that they're. All you have to do is note, note, as you did a moment ago, that he and and uh, um, one other Republican are on that committee. Well, they're only on that committee because they decided to take that particular agenda Mm-hmm. and make it their own for their own quote-unquote political purposes. It's not because there's some independent mind that wants to tell, as Kensinger puts it, the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay, There's a lot of bad and a lot of good, and, and people can view things from whatever lens they want to view them from. And I'm not here to debate whichever lens. Neither of the things you just talked about have a whole lot of good in them at all. They're disruptive. Mm-hmm. And in the case of the January 6th issue, it took the focus off something that a certain party wanted to focus on, and it gave the other party something to focus on for the next last two years. Yeah. And it's, it's been, but the, the, the key element to that statement from Kinzinger is until we get a grip on telling people the truth. Yeah. Well, which is entirely subjective. Exactly. In this case it is. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that, that claim they've been telling the truth about a lot of things for years that we discover years later they were telling the truth about and they were squished into non-existence because they were telling the truth about it. Yeah. So how does anybody know anymore except for our ability to talk about all this shit? Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I keep missing through all this. These people here are, are claiming that there are clear and present dangers in all this myriad of conspiratorial talk and, uh, and platform discussions and communities and all that. And you can extend something out to its possibilities mm. and come up with that understanding from almost anything. Yeah. But, but isn't that exactly what totalitarian states, authoritarian states eventually do? Yeah. And uh, the big backdrop against that is our First Amendment, mm. our ability to say pretty much what we want to with an understanding that the people that are listening in or watching something like this have their own opinion. Yeah. In, in, well, let me, my, my job, your job, your job is not to do anything with those people other than to explain our opinion. Mm-hmm. If they want to accept our opinion as theirs, that's their opportunity. If they want to differentiate from ours, that's their opportunity to do so too. But to have someone independent of all that say, no, there's only one truth, is is a terrible precedent to set. Yeah, and and I think that just for clar- you know, for clarification for our listeners, when we're criticizing the mainstream media and discussing you know opinions from our perspective, we're not a news organization. This is a opinion podcast that one hundred percent of the time we're right, sixty percent of the time, or maybe that's backwards. Um, <laughs> but just for some clarity, additionally, the title of this op ed was "Ignoring January Six Hearings: Fox News Violence." 
Um, I, when I was looking at the homepage of Washington Post, there was a bunch of other articles that I had no interest in clicking in because they were not tailored for me to click on them unless I wanted to read something really boring, um, which is normally how it is. Um, now, in relation to you know uh, Arizona House Speaker Rusty Bowers, I don't think anyone should ever be subject to the type of uh, social... Uh, abuse that he apparently went through. I think it's nonsense that we do stuff like that. It's indicative of a decaying culture, and I don't think that we should support those type of incidents. Incidences, just like I don't think we should support the situation uh, in, during January sixth. Just like I don't think we should support the the rioting that happened in, over, um, you know, the summer of twenty twenty, or which will likely happen in the future. God forbid, with the passing or the changing of uh, Roe v. Wade. Um, now, another thing I wanted to focus in on from this article. Um, and put a little ellipses in front of this is uh, warned the vice chair of the panel, Rep. Liz Cheney, Republican Wyoming. We cannot let America become a nation of conspiracy theories and thug violence. So you should talk to the CIA about that, Liz Cheney. Um, Haven't you watched Stranger Things? Don't you know what MK Ultra is? Um, the democracy America has cultivated. Here we go. Uh, for 230 years is slipping away, leaving us in danger of becoming a system in which political differences and elections are not resolved by the rule of law, but decided in the streets. Hard stop. But it was decided by rule of law. The election went through. Joe Biden became president. Hard stop. Um, as and the previous the previous election before that was mm -hmm. contested just as hard yep. on the other side as this one was. Yep. Um, totally ignored. And uh, to continue, uh, as Greg Jacob, former vice president, Mike Pence's chief counsel, put it in his testimony about January 6, 2021 insurrection. Uh, we didn't arrive at this precarious moment solely because of Trump. Trump, I, I agree with that. Uh, Trump couldn't have happened if Fox News and Republican elites hadn't normalized his threats to Democratic traditions. Now they continue to do so with their breezy dismissal of the breathtaking revelations of the January 6 hearings. Now, that's that's no. code for breaking traditions that have been set forever is yeah. somehow a bad thing. Well, here's the thing is I, I don't think and maybe my depth on the January 6th scenario is uh, not as deep as I think about it is. But I do I do agree in the sense that a lot of people acted like morons that day. Absolutely. Um, former President Trump included. Uh, with that being said, I do have I, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that there was a template for how to operate and how to act, not only set with women's marches that happened years prior when they went into the Capitol building and protested in the middle of the Capitol building and there was no one that got in trouble for that, um, but also with the riots of 2020. Now, the reason I keep utilizing the riots of 2020 is because, as we will discuss maybe in a little bit more detail shortly, mainstream media organizations across the board they would do something that I would say uh, is like, uh, it's kind of what a parent tells a child if they ever get in, uh, into a situation at school where they may fight. Uh, win the fight. Uh, I'll, I'll, if you get in a fight, Billy, I'll, you'll get in trouble. But if you win, you'll get in less trouble. And I see that being the same type of thing with you know, 2020. I heard a whole ton of people uh, from CNN to Fox News to MSNBC to ABC to, to every news publication um, till the end of time saying, you know what, rioting and violence is, is, is not good, but I understand why they're doing it. You're condoning activity and not saying that there's a direct correlation, but that happening prior to the election cycle of 2021, 2020, and then people rioting at the Capitol might be related because they there's a at least look, maybe from my perspective, it's a it's a game plan. 
you know, all all, the, all sides are are everybody should be more than happy to protest what they don't believe in. That's yeah. I mean, that's part of the First Amendment, our right to be able to do that peacefully protest. Thank you very much to yeah. say that. And we all have the right to 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 look at things around us and be very upset about the incongruency of things, about the ability, uh, the inability to feel like you're living on a fair playing field. Mm. Okay. And it, you know, if I was, and I've been in situations in the business world where I've dotted my I's, I crossed my T's. I know I'm doing absolutely the ethical right thing in this circumstance. And yet something happened to cost me in some cases, a huge amount of money. And there's no determining a logical escape route from that. Mm-hmm. The only thing that you look at when those, those kind of things, um, those eventualities happen, is the unfairness of it. And you have, you have kind of two ways to go, right? You either acquiesce to that and determine that you have a larger picture that you're looking at and it's not that important that that's going to happen. The, the, the pushback that you're in the other, the other is to push back. And if you were, if you were a, a leader trying to be a second term president of the United States, whether you like his tweets or not, if you look at the run up to that election, the slowdown of the vaccine distribution, cause it was done ahead of time. They waited till the election was over to, to push that vaccine out on purpose. That's another podcast. That's, it's totally, you can I see agree, All you have it, to do is look at a calendar to determine yeah. that. And the fact that you take his voice completely out of the, the mainstream platforms of Twitter and other places, they just literally take them off. Even if people can make a, a logical argument, there was good reasons to do it. Then you lose the election. If you're that guy, you're telling your people around you, this is this, they just robbed me. And I'm not saying that's what happened. I, I, I don't have any way of determining all the conspiratorial things that people talk about with the 2020 election, nor do I want to. It happened. People have lost and won elections in the past in this country and countries around the world for undetermined reasons, mm. and things move on. In this country, you want a, a safe transfer of power, even if you believe it's wrong. And that's eventually what happened. Mm-hmm. But why do you criticize a guy for being pissed off about it? My well, God, I would be. Well, I think, and I would. Well, let me. And I would look at the cadre of people around me, and I'd say, "Is there a legal way we can figure out how to how to turn this thing around?" And now you're being blamed for it. Come on, now. Yeah. Well, Bay, you were going to say something. Oh, um, I mean, I was just kind of banking off what you were talking about, but I think unfortunately the outliers of every situation, good or bad outliers, always skew the data on all of these things, and. We were talking about, you mentioned peaceful protest, First Amendment. Um, I think I'm of the belief. I know some people may disagree with me on this. I'm not saying either of you. I just mean generally, especially today with all the polarization going on. I'm of the belief that most people are actually logical and Mm. uh, aren't intending to ruin the lives or days of the other people around them. Unfortunately, when you have a bucket of water, and you have one, or or better example, you have one big white sheet of paper and you take a Sharpie and you drop it on the piece of paper and you have one big black dot in the middle. Everyone's gonna notice the black dot. That's the same thing that goes for uh, every side of the spectrum. Everything's gonna be uh, bleeding together and eventually you're gonna have people focusing 
whether it's politically, whether it's on any sort of hot topic, you're going to have people focusing on whatever is the most noticeable thing, Mm -hmm. usually opposed from what you're believing in. People focus less on how many people agree with them and more on the people around them who disagree. And sometimes that conflates a lot of these topics we're talking about. Uh, I don't know when, when you're, when you're talking about the the perspective thing, I think that is, that is a good point. Whether you agree or not with someone's perspective, I think it's important to take into account that someone's experience will affect how they approach certain situations. And you know, as a, as a country and a society and a culture right now that puts so much focus on having empathy for other people who have different lives than you, we certainly relegate that to only very specific niche groups of people. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of people living in our country today, while we're all different, have very similar um, day schedules. They get up in the morning, some work out, some don't. So- they have families, they don't, they well, go to work. It's very similar lives, yet we focus on these niche details. It's the same thing well, where when people focus on like zodiac signs. We wanna be individualized. We wanna focus, go ahead, I'm sorry. I, I think we should talk. address that further in in, in the podcast because I do think that these are relevant statements that you're making in relation to specifically how entertainment tailors that viewpoint that you just made. I um, want to, to, to definitely um, oppose what Bale is talking about there. I, I disagree wholeheartedly that people are more logical. And that's what... I, I think yeah. they're by far more emotional. Mm-hmm. And I think if we circle back around to that, maybe you can write a note too because on that because I, I didn't bring a pen or a pencil <laughs> to this meeting today. But... And we'll, we'll, I'm sure, find a way to weave our way back to this. Yeah. But I wish that your statement was correct. Yeah. I just, my life says that is not true. Yeah, well, and, and that's actually, I would say, you know, with these next few statements is probably pretty accurately reflected. Um, and quote unquote, uh, in doing so, well, I'll just start actually at the beginning of the statement because it makes more sense. Um, now Trump is claiming the January 6th probe is fake and phony and the testimonies from his former advisors are doctored and Trump allies and supporter, supporters are helping him to get away with it. Again, in doing so, they are effectively guaranteeing more violence uh, and no side is immune from the growing threat as the arrest of a man planning to assassinate Supreme Court Justice Brett M. Kavanaugh reveals, which I'm pretty sure that guy was a far leftist. Um, at least that, that could be wrong. Um, but they're going to blame it on him anyway. Well, I guess my point point in saying that is okay well you blame him literally for everything then correct so so the statement of well this didn't start with trump is a misnomer right because if well, we're going to blame him with the whole world yeah. started to burn as soon as he got in the office yeah. and that is the starting point of the narrative yeah because you can you can twist anything else around that narrative well when it comes to the emotional side of things i'll, I'll end on this uh one thing i thought was just it probably supports that position is uh and this was said by Gabriel Sterling, the George, um, yeah, Gabriel Sterling. Uh, all who are silent now are complicit in assuring that the horrors of January 6th will re- recur. Um, I'm pretty sure they might have meant reoccur, but still, uh, I just, I really struggle with those things because I feel like there, and I think that there is definitely a, 
a leaning bias with that particular op-ed as there is with almost all op-eds, but this op-ed is tailored in such a way that, oh, well, yeah, obviously we're trying to be objective. Like this didn't start with Donald Trump. Like these problems didn't start with Trump, but anyone who like doesn't demonize him and all the people associated with him and like doesn't agree with us, they're a part of the problem too. Well, the, the, as, Which, as certain people I know would say, they're part of the deplorables, right? Yeah, but what are and the that, deplorables? Exactly. It's, this is, this is, Going back to what we're going to go to, this redefinition mm. thing. This is this is what happens. Yeah. If you have an event that occurs, and forget January 6th for a second. If you have an event in history that occurs that is not normal, it's out of the norm for whatever we're talking about. Say it's a city and something occurs there. There's a fire somewhere and there's an injury or there's a built, the library burns down or... I don't know if I'm using the right analogy along these lines, but anything that you can think of where there's some anomalous occurrence, it's it's unusual for that set of circumstances, but it's just part of the line of time that we go through in our lives or as a society or whatever. And you have two choices. You can, well, three actually. You can ignore those circumstances entirely, rebuild that church, rebuild that building, understand that people got hurt, understand who did it or why they did it or whatever, and move on to the next thing and grow as a society. Or or you can take for other reasons, and it's always other reasons, and make whatever that is a much bigger target. Make it a bigger and bigger thing. You know what? Um, you know, that, that building was burned down. It was built by the founder of our city. And, you know, he had these things happen with his family. And he was an original immigrant from this. And he actually helped the indigenous people in the area or, or what, whatever story you want to make up. By the time five years go by, there's a national holiday around that event. Because you've decided that it's important for reasons other than original to make that event bigger than it was. And you can do the opposite with other events. So you were talking about 2020 mm-hmm. in the, the riots of the summer and the yeah. summer of love or whatever the hell they talked about in Portland and everywhere else. And you can, you can, if you control the media, which we're getting into, if you control that narrative or at least 80% of that narrative, you can shrink the size of that event to make it a non-event and you can blow something else up in retrospect that's against your philosophy. And that's exactly what we're watching today. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, for our listeners, uh, just to clarify that I I brought up that op-ed and I'll bring up, you know, a a quick little run through of the history of the news media. So you can get a really good image of, you know, where we started, which I'm not saying is perfect or ever has been um, compared to where we are now. And there's a big gap. Um, So bear with me. This is going to be real, real quick. So history of the news media, here's a quick uh, historical overview of newspapers and their inception. Um, The first printed news appeared by the late 1400s in German pamphlets that contained content that was often highly sensationalized. So highly sensationalized situations, topics, scenarios is not you know, abnormal to news. All right. So that I'm not going to criticize that because it makes sense. You have to get some people to be interested in whatever you're talking about and being boring is not going to get people to do that. Um, Now, the first newspaper written in English was the Weekly News, published in London in 1621. Several papers followed in the 1640s and 1650s. The first American newspaper was published in 1690, but was immediately suppressed due to lack of permission on behalf of the current uh, of the current government. Um, 
1729, Benjamin Franklin began writing a new form of newspaper that was more satirical and more involved in civic affairs. So that seems to be a little bit more representative. So he invented the onion. A little bit. A little bit more representative than some uh, to some of the <laughs> onion institutions that are around today. Um, then with the ratification of the Bill of Rights in 1791, freedom of the press would be guaranteed by the First Amendment. Uh, in the 1830s, newspapers started seeking commercial success and turned towards reportage. This began with the New York Sun in 1833. Advancements in technology made it cheaper to print newspapers and penny papers emerged. Uh, early 1900s saw progressive era journalists using a new style of investigative journalism that revealed the corrupt practices of the government officials. Um, the people who wrote them became labeled as muckrakers, which I'm sure people are familiar with that term. Uh, they became very influential and were a vital force in the progressive form of uh, reform movement. However, in after 1912, muckraking declined and the public began to think that they were sensationalized. So attention to those type of articles that were normally... Uh, I wouldn't say slander, but pretty close um, to certain, you know, celebrities or, or political uh, individuals kind of declined because people like this isn't this is this is too sensationalized for us. Um, during the 1920s, radio became a news medium, and that was a significant source of breaking news. With TV came the Communications of Act of 1934, an agreement between commercial television and the people of the United States that established that the airways are public property and, the, and uh, commercial broadcasters are licensed to use the airways. The main condition for use will be whether the broadcaster served the public interest, convenience, and necessity, which I think is a good point to bring up. Yeah. Um, are we still fulfilling that? I, no. I would argue, no, we're not. Um, television news continued to expand during the 1970s, and by 1990, increasing reach, and now the internet has basically revolutionized that reach uh, and the criticisms associated exponentially. Um, here's where I think there are likely issues, uh, and this will likely explain censorship and like-minded public and uh, public or like-minded publishing and political bias. Because if you ever do like a uh, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but you do a search of a particular news topic that's really popular and you search that phrase. Uh, I believe it's a, it'd be like a type of site command within Google. You search that phrase and you'll see all the articles that use the same titles and different variations and all the writing. And it's all very similar. And yeah, there's a reason they, why. Yeah, they, they're It's usually the same like 10 major news organizations that you've heard of a million times. They'll all times parrot over. each other. Right. Well, you, you know, it's interesting when you're going through this litany of, of time period. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but... The original printing press, printing press by, do you know, right? What was the original? Uh, German? Gutenberg. Uh, Gutenberg. 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 Yeah. And what was the first thing they put into print? Do you remember? Bible. The Bible. Exactly, the Bible. Oh, do you know the Bible before the printing press was actually lined up in a different order? Oh, I'm not surprised. Gutenberg, books, books make up the Bible. Gutenberg thought that some of the, the stories in the Bible were more boring than others, so he reordered them. And today, we still have them in the order Gutenberg put them in versus Very the original order. Did he mix? He did, he kept the Old Testament separate from the New Testament. You should Testament. probably clarify you that this liar. is total totally bullshit. bullshitting. Yeah. I believed you. Totally bullshitting. Total now, bullshit. why did you believe me? Because he said it with uh, because I, I, conviction. I want you to I ask, tell me why. You. Uh, there you go. Mm. This is I where I'm going with you. this. Mm. This is why I brought and it up. And I see why you're doing this, but you knew you, you abused my trust just like go. CNBC there does all and the that's time. That's why these people get these <laughs> big heads of, I mean, Walter Concrete is the one I remember the most, right? You guys don't remember him. I barely remember him, but he was the trusted news source, right? Everyone, everyone literally turned on the television <laughs> at night to watch Walter Concrete 
concrete. Walter, <laughs> Walter concrete. Wa- Walter Stonehead. He was Walter the concrete. Ron Burgundy. It was the Ron exactly. It was a, it, believe me, it, the the whole world trusted this guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I don't know enough about him though whether they should or not. And news was definitely different then than it is now. But the whole point is is that you put in place a trusted source. And then you can turn that knob any yep. way you want. Especially if you talk to people and validate their opinions. Um, now, obviously, I don't think anyone listening or any of you would think that this is uh, surprising, but media consolidation has been a huge issue online and offline. And over the last few decades, it turns out that only about 15 billionaires and six total corporations own most news outlets and media institutions throughout the United States. The largest media no groups surprise. are as follows. AT&T, Comcast, the Walt Disney Company, cue my monologue, uh, National Amusements, which includes Viacom Inc. and CBS, News Corp, and Fox Corporation, with our, which are both owned in part by the Murdochs, but that mm-hmm. it changed recently with the recent Disney-Fox uh, merger in 2019. Sony and Hearst Communications. Nice. Hearst. You know who Hearst was, right? Randolph Hearst? Hearst Castle, uh, newspaper oh, yeah, yeah. tycoon, huge newspaper tycoon. So his this daughter is, this has was been going abducted. Up. Patty Hearst. Yeah, that's exactly. a very interesting story. The, but the the point I was going to make with Hearst is that this is not new news. No, the no. dissemination. It's been a long time. People started to understand that communicating "quote unquote" news and biasing it subtly or not so subtly was power well, and wealth. What's interesting is out of all those corporations listed, the only one that isn't really wholly online to a large degree outside of some of their entertainment aspects is actually Sony, which is strange. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, but they're going to take over the world with PlayStation. No, Disney's going to do that. Um, You're not going to be able to play video games anymore without an advertisement on every that's billboard. Common. That's already common. You guys, I mean, you look guys, at the video games how, you play. Uh, yeah, when was YouTube, they already have advertisements. When was YouTube started? Do you guys know? 2006? 2006? No, I think a little earlier Before, than that. It was, it was pretty rudimentary for a while. You guys were pretty young. It might have been 2004, actually. But yeah. I, I remember when it came on, uh, and, and um, I at least when I first started using it, and I was like, this is, this is going to be the greatest medium of all time until they start commercializing it. Which well, you knew would happen. Well, eventually. here's the thing now. So they do have YouTube. I think it's called YouTube Red. Where 2005. You can, 2005. That's subscription-based. So, yes, that's subscription-based. Yeah. But they obviously, you know, most people don't pay for the subscription. I mean, you might as well just watch normal TV. The mm-hmm. amount of commercials is pretty astonishing. Unless it's a very taboo topic, then sometimes there won't be any commercials. But even on those ones. But then you have to remember the person making it isn't making any money on that video. So it's just, it's crazy. This goes to the basis of what we're talking about. Because Mm. think about what news really is. News is simply the dissemination of information. It should be the dissemination of information. If it really, truly, until they redefine, which we'll get to, Mm. news is just the dissemination of information. If if you want to go on a picnic tomorrow, you want to know what the weather's possibly going to be. You don't need a sensational thing from the news channel, the, the weather channel saying there might be a dust storm tomorrow, you know, there's a 5% dust storm uh, possibility. So the headline is dust storm imminent, imminent, you know, that's, that's the headline, right? Dust storm enema. <laughs> that would be, but it's be so much, it's storm. so much more interesting when you turn on the TV and there's a beautiful woman or a beautiful man standing there explaining to you that it's going to be 75 and sunny tomorrow. 
You know, that's that's the whole point, right? When you go on the news. But that's that's what I'm trying to get to. This 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 whole idea behind news and commercialization is they they don't go hand in hand. They mm-hmm. don't go hand in hand unless you purely subsidize it, which NPR was supposed to be, and it turned out yeah, instead that was well, just, that worked out. That would, you, well, you, you can't have the state sub the state media no. subsidizing something unless they decide it's going to be wholly run by an mm-hmm. independent organization with well, no agenda whatsoever. Which means we know how that goes. Absolutely nothing because there's no such thing. That's exactly um, right. And at the same time, they've just switched the narrative rather than be state-run media. Now it's a media-run state. Um, so, <laughs> ooh, I like that. Yeah. Can so. I use that? Uh, yeah, sure. It could be a t-shirt for Wolf and Bull, media okay. run state. Um, so I'm going to go through some of the organizations, uh, the major ones that you've likely listened to or watched and kind of give you an overview of, you know, where they lie politically and who owns them. Because these are things that you need to know. If you want to be someone who is a, a relatively even keel individual, this is information that you should be aware of. Uh, we'll start with my favorite one, CNN, Crapshoot News Network. Um, <laughs> a court, and I took this information, by the way, from allsides.com. It's a fantastic resource when it comes to being able to find various news sources, media institution, that, and they compile data and information that tells you and it also can be voted against by the people you know, reading it, uh, where organizations lie. And it's actually pretty fascinating. Now, surprise, surprise, CNN is uh, on their scale of left, lean left, center, lean right, right. CNN is on the left. Uh, they are owned by AT&T. I did not know that. I did. Uh, CNN's parent company is Warner Media LLC, which also owns HBO, Otter Media, Warner Brothers, and Turner Broadcasting System. System. Warner Media is then owned by parent company AT and T. So, to keep in mind when we discuss this, these organizations that have parent companies like CNN, Warner Media, uh, parent company being AT and T, you have to remember that whatever is being parroted from CNN, AT and T is aware of and likely approves. Isn't isn't Turner Broadcasting System? Wasn't that kind of the original GNN from Anchorman too? Not what sure. Was it? I Maybe don't the twenty four hour so news long. station. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember if it was Turner. Broadcast. Don't you watch Anchorman 2 like once a you week? You should know this. You yeah, but I don't this. know what it's modeled after. Oh, I have no but, idea. I, I can't remember. You are the reference point Anchorman of all too. wisdom and Just knowledge. You're the rest of reference point of all wisdom and knowledge on this it, show. You yeah, should know this. Don't you realize that I am blind? Oh, God. I brushed my teeth, teeth with, with a lobster. lobster. <laughs> so ridiculous. So stupid. Best movie. Well, yeah, here's and here's the thing is like, just to clarify, like I don't inherently have a problem with any of these organizations except Disney and I'll explain why. Um, But uh, when it comes to like CNN (laughs) and the organizations that uh, own them, it's important to know that you're being fed whenever you watch their information, you are being silently and subliminally fed bias and information that they parent companies, as far as I understand, they maybe have nothing to do with it, but I, they have nothing to do with it. I can't, I can't like, um, you're being fed information they approve of and they want you to hear. Um, now on Fox news, which used to be according to all sides on the right, which because of the Disney merger, I disagree with that now. Um, 
Fox News was owned uh, by Fox Corporation, Corporation, which is owned in part by the Murdoch family. They had a 39% share. Uh, it is also important to point out that the same person with uh, Fox News ownership, Rupert Murdoch, owns News Corp with the same 39% share, and News Corp owns the New York Post, HarperCollins, and the Wall Street Journal. Um, now, as I stated a second ago, the above information is prior to the Disney Fox merger, uh, which occurred in 2019 with Disney purchasing the bulk of Rupert, Ru- blah, blah, Rupert Murdoch's media assets. Uh, can you guess the amount? A lot. $71.3 billion. Uh, you ever for, read the Wall Street Journal? Yes, I have. One of my favorite pl- things to read. Yeah. I mean, it used to be, I, I, I don't read it so much anymore, but we were talking about logic versus emotion things earlier. And though they have their op-eds as well, like anybody else, they are legitimately trying to show you, here's some graphs, here's some facts, here's what we think's going on. Take it for what it, what you will. Watch that, James. So, so I hope not. One of my favorite journalists, is he, he often wrote for the Wall Street Journal, John Carreyou. He's the one who uh, did the John breaking. John Carreyou? Yeah, carry you. Let me get he in my. Story let me on, get in my plane to solve climate change. I will not change. use any fuel. Only my blowhard. The world gas is pack. warming. Wait, that's wrong. The climate is changing. Oh, nice. Glad you caught that. You can't say well, the world I'm is warming. The not talking about John Kerry. I'm talking John about John Kerry. Carry. That's right. Carry you. I keep trying to say it. Caribou? But then I've got John this guy Caribou? over here hey, if his making John, noises over if it. If his name is John Caribou. He's an animal. He can be invited on this show. John Caribou. Anyway, go ahead. Caribou. He he wrote the the he broke open the story on Theranos. Mm, Theranos. You, you watch. I'm telling you guys right now. I was going to say in your lifetime. So it's even going to be quicker than that. It's probably in my lifetime. Well, now you're telling us you in are, the past. Excuse me. You said right now. Now you're telling us in the past. I'm telling you, you right now. Yeah. There is no right now. There are only history and future. That's all there is. Your your dad jokes are rubbing off on me. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to leave that entirely alone. <laughs> I don't want you road hardened. Anyway, oh, anyway, my God. What was I saying? Uh, Theranos. Oh, it, within my lifetime, there is going to be technologies, and it's probably going to be nano-infused technologies, yeah, yeah, where yeah. you will have a tiny little pinprick, and it's going to do exactly what she wanted it to do. Well, I'm telling you. Her, her idea, idea is brilliant. It's going to be pushed her by idea Pfizer. Is brilliant. I've got a, got a lot of ideas as well, but yeah. I just don't have. She the just you just can't lie. lie. You yeah, can't exactly. lie can't about do it. it. People would know me right away. <laughs> I would say Gutenberg changed the Bible, and people would know. Honestly, right away. I wish because they go to CNN. It would have been such an amazing story if she wasn't a liar. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been amazing. I mean, truly, you know the. Interesting I, I hope one day you're. I hope. I, I think, think you're right. right. I think I, I think you're right. right. One day we will get there. Unfortunately, at the time we weren't ready, and I still don't think we're ready today. Mm. But you know what? It's just such a shame because it would have been so cool. I think we already have technology that's similar. Well, sure. maybe except the U.S. government. Well, you the know, the U.S. You're, government. You're, no, no. Well, I was going to say with the Theranos thing. I don't want to get too off topic, but with the Theranos thing, she was going around saying that the U.S. government was interested in implementing her device out on the field, well, like out in the out war. In, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, for like medevac stuff. Well, if you want to, um, if you want to listen in detail, it was an episode like forty something in the forties. There's an episode. Just look we up have a Elizabeth full episode Holmes. on this. 
a full, full a full episode on this. We also have a uh, there will eventually be an episode where Elizabeth Holmes and John Kerry uh, they are be featured. And on Mr. Kerry, she was convicted Mr. by the way oh, yeah. mm. of she her security exchange fraud. My yeah. favorite individual, Elizabeth Holmes, is you here. You sound like the ghost of uh, uh, Christmas Past. I'm the ghost. Or no, no, not what's the first guy? I sound like freaking Christmas Carol, Sauron from not, not Sauron Scrooge, from Lord of the Rings. Scrooge's partner that died. That's what he sounds like. Look at bringing the chains in. You are uh, my mortal enemy, Moriarty. No, Moriarty. No, you got from, it wrong. We're I, down I a know, path. I We're off the it, path. We're getting off the path. Get it. Too many so you were talking about Disney. Disney. We're talking about Fox News yes. owning Disney owning Fox News. Uh, by the way, for any conservatives listening, uh, there is probably a reason why Fox News is starting to sound a lot like left wing media. Um, Probably because Disney owns them, and they want to put penises in children's faces. Um, wow! Uh, oh now, what uh, a hot take. Uh, find the lie. Uh, NBC News. Uh, they are considered by uh, all sides uh, left of center, quote unquote, as I like to say, medium left. Um, the owner of NBC and MSNBC is Comcast. NBC's parent company is NBC Universal, an umbrella company that also owns Fandango, Hulu, Universal Pictures, and Telemundo. Uh, NBC and Universal is then owned by parent company Comcast. See how they do that? They kind of go around all those little. This isn't. It's not a monopoly. It's not a monopoly if everybody does it. That's not a monopoly if only six companies in the entire United States of America does it. Actually, that's that's, that's not a monopoly. Is it? It isn't. Actually, There's not a monopoly. Yeah, you, we can go into this in another podcast mm. sometimes, but having six companies is not even close to monopolizing mm, compared yeah. to some other industries out there that we could talk about. Oh, sure. No, uh, comparatives. Yeah, it's definitely not. look into the beauty industry. Oh, I know. Look into yeah. the railroad yeah. industry. Well, and here's yeah. what's interesting, by the way, and this is an observation that I made very easily while I was doing the research for this. There is a reason why these organizations and entities are now treating independent news sources like the Daily Wire and uh, the Daily, uh, well, I think there was the Daily Beast is another one, and then um, uh, Onion News. Uh, yeah, Onion News. And there's a myriad of other ones that we'll list. Uh, there's a reason why they're demonizing these organizations. And it's not because those organizations are inherently evil. It's because those organizations have potential to take market share from them. Um, ABC News, uh, according to allsides.com, is left of center. Uh, as I said, medium left. ABC News is a branch of ABC, which is a branch of the Walt Disney Television Company. Mm. which is a branch of Disney Media Networks, which is part of the Walt Disney Company. Disney also owns the following, just so our listeners get an idea of where Mickey's grubby little hands have been. <laughs> I own ABC, ESPN with an 80% stake, uh, Touchstone Pictures, Marvel, <laughs> Lucasfilm, Annie with a 50% equity holding for with Hearst Corporation, the History Channel, 50% equity holding with Hearst Corporation, and the Goofy Lifetime with a 50. I can't do I can't do that one. Uh, goofy lifetime 50% equity holding with Hearst Corporation, which is interesting. Uh, Pixar Hollywood Records Vice Media with a 10% stake core publishing and Fox, as I stated earlier. That's a lot of companies, a lot of market That's share. Why they call it Disney World. Evil, evil. They are evil. And I've said this for years and I've been right for years. The longer it goes, the evenerly the look. How, Mickey selling his soul to Satan and advocating. These are a lot of hot takes that you're just saying with full confidence. Well, defend oh yeah. Disney right now. I'll destroy you. <laughs> I will. Do it. Give me a defense. How could they <laughs> accidentally? Disney's going to need to pay me a lot of you money can, to can, put me on retainer. 
I'll you be the Lord. You can see the colors of the wind. Oh, I bet you can. Yeah, you can see it um, on. You can see the colors of the wind. I will. On children. <laughs> totally see it defend children. them. You will. In the court of it, you, you would defend them. If, if we were to do a me. special episode in which we got Disney to pay you $5, you would defend them. In hey, a debate. I'd need one more than five. I'd need seven figures. Uh, yeah. Was it raspberry whiskeys at? Uh, no, it was it was moonshine. Moonshine. They have great moonshine at Epcot yeah, well, Center. It's, it's tainted with the blood of the Uyghur population. Um, oh. uh, then there's a uh, CBS. Uh, they, according to all sides, is left of center, medium left. Uh, CBS News, owned by the CBS Corporation, is in turn owned by National Amusements. National Amusements has an 80 percent voting majority and also owns the major company Viacom, the company behind Paramount Pictures, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, BET, CMT. And VH1. VH1. Very interesting. Around? No, not really. Um, kind of, sort of. Those things were. Those things were hugely sure. popular. Ones. Oh, I love the old VH1 oh, reality great. TV. Te- uh, oh, my the, gosh. Those you shows. Those reality obsessed. TV shows. She's Dude, obsessed. they're so yeah, bad. They're so good. I think, I think, like, if I. What's the worst possible thing that you could eat? Like a like a, a crispy cream cheeseburger. A human. That's what those shows are to me. A human would be the worst. I love thing them. You could eat. I yeah. love them so much. Like Rock of Love, yeah. Flavor of Love, Daisy of so, Love. So <laughs> All these you think, shows. You think about this for a second. You you mentioned food and like the decadent nature of these shows. And then I said a human. And what do they have in common? What 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 do you think they have on the base level commonality? They make you feel better. About yourself? Very temporarily. They're like Oh, drugs. no, I'm not saying they're, it's they're, good. It's a drug. Truly. Yeah, these are truly drugs. Truly. It, it's, it's, it's a different methodology of, of creating a chemical imbalance in you mm-hmm. to drive certain behavior. I think shows like that, not, not just these old, those shows would never fly in 2022 airspace. Let me tell you, there's no freaking way. This, they, they were Don't age well. throwing, throwing words around back then that would get someone arrested today. But anyway, they... But, I think shows like that today too that are a little more polished but just as idiotic well, like some of these Netflix specials yeah. uh, like these Netflix is not kiss on or the, marry uh, or die show well I don't know whatever they're called they are on the they're, they're they're all because people watch them to make fun of them right look, most look. most people watch those shows to kind of be a little judgy mm. of the you whole know, situation you know, here's, here's, maybe here's that's just I me kinda, maybe uh, this is a character reflection well, of me I kind yeah, of how I wrap is. this up Yikes. in a bow Today, I will sit in my front room and I'll put on a streaming service, mm-hmm. one of a million of them. One of the 17. Exactly. Five of and which I'll are being paid for by bro- me. Thank you. <laughs> all of them left-leaning. All of them left-leaning. I'll, I'll browse around at these things mm. and I'll find something that looks interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll watch one of the shows. And inevitably in one of these shows, something happens, either some real gratuitous scenes this is where, or somebody's riding a horse and putting it away wet why oh we, my why gosh do don't say that ever again why, <laughs> don't like, say that you remember that one sh- oh. that one review by uh by h3h3 when they were funny um the, the uh the the pony the pony one where he's talking about the the one what, guy. don't bring that up he's either like one guy. what are you he's doing like do not refer to him like that he keeps talking he's just bring it's like a horse let's move on i grew up on a farm like a, for guys oh that does not help dad or 
bowl. <laughs> just move along. That's a little bit of nepotism going move on here. Uh, we're getting you, you away. Moo to a bowl. Okay. Move okay. along. Like, don't say moo to We're going to move you along like Biden's PR team. Um, well, hey, well, where was my point? I lost it entirely. <laughs> I did too. He, you brought up the horse. It was no, on you. It was before that. It was gratuitous it was, scene. Some horses pulled yeah, away. Because well. yes, you don't want to put the horse before the cart. No, oh you were saying God. you're going to go home from you're the studio. You were you're going to turn on a oh, streaming yeah. service. So, so, Bottom line is these things back when when Bale was young, mm. I would have never watched anything like that ever. I would have been shocked yeah. to see even a normalized show mm. hey, on one of the streaming services 15 years ago. 15. Well, so, that's nothing uh, compared so, to what most nine-year-olds can access that, on the internet in about five seconds. That's and my point. Nothing the the compared, world is so different Well, now. it's also nothing compared to what actually happened between adults and children a couple hundred years ago on the regular, okay? So well, I, 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 entertainment mediums. You know what the difference is? What we're talking about today, uh, yeah. it's the, the communication of information. Sure. I don't believe personally the stuff you went through with the history of this from the from the printing press all through the 14, 15, 1600s and, and beyond and all these differences, the muckrakers. All, hmm. the, the only difference I see is the speed of that communication. You and There's I would agree always, there. there has always been somebody trying to sensationalize something because they've had an agenda. I don't care if it's a, a, a religious organization or a kingship, queenship or or, you know, whatever, whatever we want to talk about. There's Aliens. always somebody that has a purpose and a desire to get the masses to agree with them more. Mm. And the speed in which they communicated that information was key to everything. Now we have everything so instantaneously that we can't keep control of anything. We, right. we can't disseminate. We can't see beyond the fractional time spans. That in, plus, people your age have no attention span at all. Well, hey, don't well, you be condescending here, here's towards the thing. me. Okay. I, well, you're making a good point. Can I, I, no, I'm go sorry, ahead. can no. I just put yeah. you back, piggyback off that for a second? I think, and this is just my personal opinion of watching things happen, especially over the past few years. I think most things have a news cycle of about like, Three days, 72 hours. Depends on what it is. I, I, I mean, when it comes to, okay, sure. Come of the normal. January 6th is January two years 6th, running. Ukraine. <laughs> so these these big, like, actual big Those topics. Sure. I'm talking about, like, these small things that are the thing everyone's talking about of the day. Like, oh, this person said this on this TV show and they're canceled. Three days later, no one cares anymore. It's over. Oh, um, this is this is so frivolous and it's kind of stupid. I mean, people may hate me for this, but I don't care one way or another. The you. Kim Kardashian wearing the Marilyn Monroe dress at whatever thousandth award show. That was a huge issue online for like a day and a half. Yeah, but I think we need to, well, I get what you're saying, but I think we need to make sure that we're defining a line between like entertainment news, which but is- But it was mainstream news. I don't know news. if there's a line anymore. It was. Well, actually, there was, there was obviously, you know, the memes and it was definitely a social media thing, mm -hmm. but I think that's something to consider here. A lot of the social media platforms they they're they're the, these mainstream media have bled and they have they have a grip on social media to think about twitter twitter well, yeah which is mostly used for news 
Twitter is like the main source of news for well, a lot it's of also people. Mostly run by well, not mostly run, but there is a large subset of people within that industry Academia that utilize it. In industry. Right, but my yeah. my point Politics. is, y- you can go on Twitter if you're a journalist, and you can go on with 20 followers and get a blue check mark. And if you have a blue check mark on Twitter, yeah. that means that you're going to be pushed to the top of algorithms. And when people search things, if you typed it out, you're going to come up first. Yeah. And those are journalists who work for these companies. We also have to remember, though, that Twitter is a microblogging platform. So the likelihood, and I'm just playing devil's advocate, the likelihood that they have a blue check mark is because of their affiliation with these organizations. They have credibility through those organizations. Sure, but I think that these major news organizations are utilizing those. It's almost like a micro-influencer, these journalists. It definitely is, but I think the problem isn't so much in the fact that these people are blue check marks because, say, for example, you're someone who owns, you know, a major company, you should have some level of credibility by your name and that's what the blue check mark used to be now it's more of a status symbol at least from my perspective and opinion in that these media organizations these journalists these people who are basically modern day muckrakers are utilizing their platform to influence you by pushing their agenda that they are now uh, politically and theologically to some degree because there is a level of theology to this um, that they're now tied to by virtue of being that organization. Well, and worse yeah. than that, these, these check marks that came out and these biases that came out used to be centered around the organizations for which these cadre of, of writers or whatever, political pundits, et cetera, worked for. Mm. It used to be at this higher level. So in other words, there's there's a group called ISS. I forget what it stands for, but it's basically a social media score for companies. Yeah. Okay. And so, so that's kind of understandable and reasonable because if you're looking to invest in things, you go on Stash or Robinhood or something like that. You can look at the profile of a company. And one of the things that's important to people today, especially younger people that are micro investing, is to look at the structure of the company and how it affiliates with a kind of their, their own uh, internal um, um, compass if, as far as green initiatives or how they feel about the whales or whatever the case may be. So they, they want to be able to invest in companies that have a certain mark that they want to follow. Mm-hmm. But what that leads to is something more in depth because things always start at a high level and then they get increasingly more detailed. So what it heads down to is social credit scores per individual. Well, and that's it sounds where like all we of need, this is headed. Well, it right. sounds like we need to do a full episode on that. Um, one thing I will say that because uh, I think that the crux here, again, I don't I want to make sure that we're, we're I'm being clear in that I don't think that left or right uh, either side is the problem. I think the problem is the fact that these institutions have dug themselves into a hole. So, for example, as we talked about the six corporations, we'll leave them and we'll table them for a little bit because it, it seems like all of those now with the Disney acquisition are probably going to lean left. And that, and I have no problem with that outside of the fact that normally leftist organizations or groups that lean left never, ever consider the alternative end of the spectrum, the alternative opinion, much like the same with people who lean right. There needs to be a center line and we all need to meet there, but we can't do that when you're philosophically tied to something, lest you lose your entire base group of people who support you. So I did compile a bunch of organizations that are largely unaffiliated. This detailed research is only detailed by me, so if I'm wrong, please correct me for the record. That does not mean they're not part of the issue. The only one out of these groups, these unaffiliated organizations that is truly unaffiliated from all the researches that I did, um, is AccuWeather. 
They're the only one that has no political Keeping Keeping things I nice couldn't and find spicy for the rest anywhere. of us. And I could be wrong. Maybe my searching wasn't very good, but I couldn't find any leaning affiliation at all. So they are the truest form of information, AccuWeather. I Shout out them. AccuWeather. If you yes. want to sponsor us, you can reach reach us out. Uh, you can reach us at the uh, thewolfandbull at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs> um, so there's uh, Arkansas, offline, uh, Arkansas Online that leans left. There's the Atlantic. There's left of center. There's the Boston Globe. They lean left. There's Breitbart. They lean right. Drudge Report, right of center, medium right. The Hill, center, I like them. Uh, Mashable, left. Newsday, left of center, medium left. Newsweek, center. New York Times, left of center, medium left. Uh huh. And I'm Mickey Mouse. Um, Philly, the Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, left. Politico, left of center, medium left. Refinery29, left. Reuters, uh, center. Right. Um, Seattle Times, center. Slate, left. Uh, Star Tribune, left of center. Sun Times, left of center. Tampa Bay, uh, the Tampa Bay Times, center. Upworthy, left. U.S. News, left of center, medium left. Now, I did not cherry pick these. These were just in the uh, report that was pretty detailed from, um, what was it called? What was it called? Uh, All Sides. Uh, And they have have like 800 plus different like sites and organizations that they've rated. Um, but so, out of all those 18, uh, there was these, and then the organizations mentioned out of 18, three would be considered right or right leaning, even though the largest was just purchased by a company, uh, who I said a little bit ago wants to dangle weenie, weenie dogs in front of children. That is your opinion. Um, I'll talk to Ron DeSantis about that in Florida. Um, and then five, uh, and that's a questionable five New York times being center center. In my opinion is laughable are considered center. So 18 of them lean left in some way shape or form there are three that are right and five that are considered in the middle so why does this even matter why does it matter that's a good question our listeners are probably asking that here's something i'd like to to throw out there um i i just had a had a beverage it was kind of a specific barley-esque beverage Mm. hops and barley um, I literally just stirred barley in some water and gave yeah. it to him. Yeah, we're very advanced exactly. here in the Wolf yeah, and Bulls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bulls Earthy. like that. Hops and water. It keeps our, our coats very sheen-like as we're standing majestically on the hill in the distance, <laughs> surrounded by lots of horses that have been... Stop with the horse. Okay. Stop. Stop the horse. Stop. So, <laughs> stop. Well, it depends Peter's going to reach out to it us. It depends stop. on how much stop. horsepower stop. we're just, talking about here. Oh, my God. It's, so... So if if you're a if you're a connoisseur of beer, mm-hmm. okay, you probably don't like Bud Light, right? Miller Light, mm, Coors, connoisseur. Yeah, connoisseur if you're like a, is a, a beer French snob. word. French do not care for uh, beer water. Another okay. absolutist statement. We're going it, going through. It if today. you're if you're a beer lo- now, if, if you're, you're a, a cheese if you're a connoisseur, lo- you don't no, want no, to no, eat let me, crab let me qualify this. If you're a mm. beer lover, you may be entrenched with your your local beverage that's been around since the 40s okay and i'm absolutely fine with that you know i've got friends on all sides of that friends that like micro brews and sours and all that kind of but you know what's happened over the course of the last 25 years or so there's been a a, a resurgence of all kinds of specialty beers mm. i mean you name it taste profiles are as advanced as wines as advanced as whiskeys i don't all know if it's of. resurgence i would say there's been probably a, a i remember when you, in well area. i remember I when nobody nobody could even do their own brewing and that guy you could then start buying stuff for brewing stuff in your garage yeah and then became this huge i said resurgence i should say just probably advancement a, a, like whatever the case yeah. may be but what ended up happening 
is that these these large companies that own these very generic beers that over time became generic for a reason. Why do you think beers became generic? Why do you think they they were blanded down to be beer water? As I people said. are likely to purchase something like that because, because it tailors it to a, everybody. Exactly. It's yeah. a broader spectrum. It's a broader profile. Water. Flavor profile. It's water. Well, and, and, and believe me, I can sit around and, and uh, you know, guzzle some some Bud Light with the best of my Throw it on a full pack and be totally Especially fine. Especially floating down a river somewhere or something yeah. like that. But, but the fact is, is that these, these large companies began to see that people were into microbrews, people were into specialty flavors, people were into the real left-leaning or the real right-leaning beers. And they so what do they do? They, well, they don't. If they can't tailor well, it themselves, what they do they is they it. they buy it. Yeah, and that's what you see happening with these large companies. The, these very generic platforms of d- information or disinformation or however you want to qualify these news organizations sort of say, oh, "We need this, we need that." And here's here's the thing that I pray is our saving grace capitalism that's what i pray is our saving grace because one of two things are going to happen one of two things are going to happen either either those organizations will say we're going to press the envelope and funnel everybody into our way of of viewing things with no choices or we're going to say we understand there's more choices out there we may as an organization believe this over here this this concept right or left but we understand it's a large world, and we understand that 50% of the population would rather do this than that. So that's what we're going to go to. We're going to buy those organizations. We're going to develop concepts around that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, uh, I, I think all these corporations, including the ones you listed, right, left, center, whatever, they're all just going to follow the money where well, it takes here's, them. Here's the thing is I, I, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think that in a perfect world, capitalism in its purest form would help that. We're not in a perfect world. We don't have capitalism in its purest form. We live in a, uh, a quote-unquote pseudo-democracy, which is very quickly turning into an oligarchy that is actually more socialist, in my opinion, than a free capitalistic market. When it comes to uh, you know capitalism setting the baseline, I would say that that makes sense had the government not intervened and got rid of one-third of businesses within the country in 2020 and then input policies to try and force companies to abide by socialistic and totalitarian viewpoints. Because of that, I would say we're probably going to see a lot more problems um, because the capitalist system in America over the last 30 or 40 years has been stunted by bad policy and bad decision making. I wouldn't disagree with bad policy, bad decision making. I wouldn't even disagree with the fact that that there is guidance from the very top to direct us into a place that many of us don't want to go. Mm. But my point is, is that we're not talking about grain here. We're not talking about water. We could talk about gasoline, which we yep. should have a conversation about as we're well. We're talking about censorship. That in the notes. That's what we're talking about. Censorship is fine, but what, what does that lead to? Look at our history and see where censorship really leads. It always leads into a real dark Genocide. place. I, I wasn't going to go far that far, it does, but it though. can. Yeah. But it, what it leads to is incredible disruption and change in overall leadership because it can't be sustained. Any, any one person that thinks they have the, the, the force of personality or a group of people that th- believe they have the force of personality, the right answer for everybody else is doomed. They're doomed. I'm telling you, everybody out there that's watching this yeah, or listening to this, that's fucking doomed. I agree with you, but that doesn't mean that the system in and of itself wouldn't also be doomed. Like, look, this is what we discussed in a few episodes ago when I said they're closing the door behind them. They being the people in power. 
because they obviously are closing the door behind them. Prime example is what's going on with BlackRock right now. We're going to go ahead and destroy the economic, we're going to go ahead and destroy economic prospects of the American culture and the American society, American citizen. We're going to destroy the American dream. And then we're going to come in, we're going to purchase thousands, tens of thousands of homes. So people are, for the rest of their life, renters, till the end of time. And that's going to be managed and facilitated on behalf of the federal government. How does that get solved by capitalism? The system would fall in on, on itself. And when it does fall in on itself, you know what's going to come in? A regime that's radical that tells all these individuals who, by the way, us included, because we're a part of this, and I never ever want to push us outside of it because we are just like everyone else at the end of the day. We're all unique little snowflakes. But with that being said, a regime is going to come in and say everything that everyone likes to hear, and then they're going to abuse their power. It happened in 2016, and it happened in 2020. Well, it, it, and it because of both time. of these institutions, and because of how things have gone so far with people with January 6th, and the voting and it's a fake election. He's not the real president. He is the real president. He's a skinwalker, whatever you want to say. Because of these type of media proclaimed ideas, the system's screwed. And not to say the system itself by itself untouched uh, in its its glory is wrong. It's not. So, it's so the do you abuse believe we're, we're on a straight road to anarchy? Is that what you believe? I believe that in any sense of the term, when it comes to something, for example, like anarchy or climate change, once you are on the path, it is very likely impossible to get off of it. You well, can't, then what are we doing? Well, that's the argument that I've made before Honestly, as well. I, I, I think that's I a very before. depressing. No, my my point is, there's got to it's be. It's not about depressing. I think it's about realism. Well, I, I, I'm not even going to disagree that that is a possibility. It's certainly a real one. There's all kinds of, you know, there's a spectrum of possibilities, and that's certainly one of them. Uh, but, but, do we exist through our lives? Do we move it with the tide, or do we fight against it? Or do we see where the river's going? Well, it depends on if the river is in one direction or if it's a bunch of tributaries that all go in myriads of directions but all end up in the same place. Because if I jump... Well, rivers all end up in the same place. Exactly. So right. if I jump on the... Well, so say for example, it's like, the, uh, it's like with what happened in 2016 when people are screaming about Hillary Clinton having been the true elector and had won. Or what happened uh, with Al Gore and George Bush. Mm-hmm. This is not a new narrative. This is something that happened for a long time. And both sides, the people that jumped on either polarized side or gave in to either end of the spectrum are both wrong. And what I mean by that is not that you can't have positions, agree. not that you can't have positions of like, I wanted my guy to win, but the idea behind our system is that you pick the best leader, not the person that tailors to you. And much like when it comes to your question a little bit ago. Why does it matter when institutions are far left, far right, or in the, in the center? It matters for one specific reason. This is something that everyone has heard before, and it's something that people don't really tailor in the way that they should. It matters because of the term fake news. The definition when it comes to fake news, actual definition, is fake news are articles that are untruthful on purpose stories. They have the purpose of misleading the reader to think one way. Hmm. So if you have an entire media conglomerate, that is basically the speaking arm of the Democratic Party and another entire media conglomerate that is the speaking arm of the Republican Party. Do the people listening ever get any organically truthful information or are they just going to get bias fed to them? But here, here's where it comes down to the individual agency, right? Everybody yes. has to have the ability to look inside their own noggin, inside mm -hmm. their own heart and say, I'm going to listen to this and I'm going to take from it what not just makes sense to me in my current position, mm. but what makes sense back to the logic argument. But the problem in another in another thing I'm going to watch, I'm going to take from that. It's like reading a book. But the problem and your own statement would disprove that is that most people are emotional. 
So they're going to go to things that they I, like to hear. But most people are wrong. When we talk about the emotional logic thing, yeah. I, and I said, if you remember right, I wish people were that way. Mm-hmm. I wish people were. Because the way, I, the way I view logic is that there is a agreed upon framework. Yeah. Logic can change just like emotions can change. But logic generally says there are parameters. Mm-hmm. There are things to specifically think about that if they line up like this, that means if it, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a freaking duck. Yeah, right? But- and then there's the emotional thing that says, well, it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck. But I, I, I just think it's a goose. But, but the problem... And- is it, and I get your point, but the problem is I think there is a compounding sequence of systems and events that people go through throughout their life in American culture specifically because it's an easier topic to, to tackle in which they are led to believe one way or another through nature versus nurture. Obviously, we've discussed this, but specific organizations, teaching organizations, the American schooling system is specifically designed to teach people to follow rules as opposed to develop organic opinion or follow the crowd as opposed to develop a critical form of thinking that was shown in 2020 it's shown in the 2016 election shown in 2020 election it'll be shown in the 2024 election and end of time ad infinitum composed with that when people graduate they think that they own the world they think that there are positions on climate change on abortion on freedom all of them are correct because why because they're teachers who all align with one political affiliation on one side or the other told them that it is because the media organizations fulfilled that because all they get are little blog posts from twitter that speak in one direction or one way why do you think they care and then positions because they're emotionally tied and if your worldview are specifically emotional you have a hard time I'm connecting to logic. If your attention span because of TikTok and reels is specifically tied down to eight six seconds. to eight seconds of clips, why would you spend your time listening to a podcast dissecting all this stuff? I mean, that, 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 that it's a compounding sequence Changing of problems. One mind. You one should, mind. you should listen to the Wolf and Bull podcast. That's exactly it's fantastic. Right. But you know, I think you need to unpack that a little bit. I think I really do think you do because the the emotional logical argument that you're talking about is is something I think most people kind of feel it intuitively, but we were talking earlier about rivers and where they go. They mm-hmm. all end up in the same place, mm-hmm. right? They end up at sea level eventually. Somehow, some way, water ends up going to stasis, st- a static point. Mm-hmm. And if you and I know this might not work for all the different scenarios, but it's a way of of kind of visualizing what I'm talking about. If you believe that everything is going to end up in in one level that that we we go up and down through life we go through caverns we go underground above ground we start in mountains we we melt from the ice packs we start start in the sky and we rain or whatever whatever water is we end up at the same level at some some point what is that level based on it's based on where how, how humans behave at their base level how we exist yeah. at our base level. It's not about whether we want to be called a certain pronoun mm-hmm. or we're a left or right affiliated po- politics. It's none of that shit. And, and all that stuff is just tributaries on the way to coming back to the real river. And the base level, normally, as far as I understand, and we can probably debate this in another episode, the base level is normally the, the, is uh, set and cultivated by the culture of said group, right? No. I would say it is. I'm saying it's not. See, this is where we differentiate on this. I'm saying that the, the culture in the set things that civilization shows us is, a, is, a, is an attempt 
for human beings to overcome their base nature. I understand, but but the statement I'm saying is that in the first world where we currently are, I see it as cult. I set the base level as culture because the only way we can refer back to what should be done within a certain group or community is by referencing original guideposts within that culture that How change over time. How do the cultures disappear in history when you look There's at There's a myriad of different ways, but the only reason I'm saying this is because I see the situation when it comes to politics, media, uh, viewpoints within society, all that's downstream of culture. I don't see it being, I don't see culture being downstream of all that. I see it inversely. Uh, downstream is fine. What you're telling me though is the same thing I'm saying. Culture is upstream. Upstream means it's but going I, I downstream. Still, I would still say that that would be the baseline level when and it comes to. I disagree. To you. Mm. It, maybe it's a mountain pond, but it's not the baseline. Hey, there's there's mountain ponds. It, they exist. Yeah, yeah, they exist. And you know what they're trying to do at all times? Warm, they're trying to find their base level. Change. No. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my, you know, maybe it's a bad analogy. Maybe I've gone too far with it. But but the the thing that bothers me about today's uh, it, what we're talking about today and kind of the the overriding circumstance with the the, uh, the speed of information dissemination and how we absorb it and our lack of attention span. I think the year 2000, it was considered it's 12 seconds versus eight seconds a day. Those are marketing studies, by the way, always marketing, yeah. going back to my yeah. my capitalistic statement. But the, 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 the way I look at it today, the problem we have is, is right when people are starting to go, because people, people aren't stupid. They might be emotional. They might be logical, mm-hmm. but they ain't stupid. I don't think and so. They see the right these term. things happening. They're not. They're not unaware. They're in. They're more intuitive. They're. We're, it's. It's the problem is is we're redefining everything. Sure. We're taking these elements that we used to call news. We changing them abruptly till they're sensationalized, biased commentaries and op eds. But if now in today's society we call that news, then everybody that used to think news was news is now being told news is news here. Well, but so it, it sets a new baseline. Yeah. So, and you're correct in saying that, but I guess my whole point when it comes to, you know, back to Beowulf's question as to why everything matters and the whole fake news aspect of it is, and I said this before, these companies are tied to their narratives. New York Times can't just be like, well, you know what? We were wrong about everything. WAPO can't do that. Fox News can't do that. Well, they probably will now. They'll just do it slowly with Disney until, you know, whatever you, just you answered see. the question right there. I understand. They do it. But, but again, it's they can't do it overnight. Like, you're not going to see the people on the left or medium left move right. You've seen it happen and with businesses. Not, uh, not you, in you the immediate polarization. No ago, way. One year, of business, uh, one year ago, certain businesses were saying anybody that says a certain thing is out. They're and a year later, that. Oh, some of them are. Most some of them, them are going, you know what? Uh, no. Well, let's talk about Disney for a second. Disney used to, this was only a couple years ago, men couldn't have facial hair who worked at Disney as a cast member. You couldn't have mm-hmm. visible tattoos. Mm-hmm. How things have changed, right? Now you can, and you can also really? openly claim during company meetings that you're trying to trans children. I mean, these are these. Here's the thing. My my point is that once you start going down a path, you can't get off of it. So to, to address the point of everything ending in chaos, I don't think that's the case. I just think everything, as you were saying a second ago, I would say maybe the maybe I should reframe this. The baseline constant that I see is culture will just eventually meet that low level of the ocean. We were up here when we had a consistent view of, okay, everyone, you know, pursuit of happiness, the the life, liberty, open respect to First Amendment values and the Constitution, being able to pursue a dream that you want to live in America. 
That's the tier because we can process, we can, over the last 100 years, there hasn't been a, 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 gr- a growth in the way, uh, or over human, uh, human history, there hasn't been a growth uh, when it comes to wealth and, and, and uh, lifestyle and ways of thinking as there has been over the last 100 years. And I would say that so far, that would be considered the peak. And I don't think that's indefinite. I think eventually, as you said a second ago, things have to find that constant, which is that baseline. And when it comes to you know, these organizations that are tied to their narrative, and that might be an assumption on my end, but I don't find it very hard to believe that all these organizations have a, con- uh, that, I don't find it hard to believe that all these organizations do not have a consistent commitment to the truth, primarily due to their painfully obvious bias. When it comes to CNN or when it comes to Fox or any of these organizations, their bias is so unbelievably painful, I find their their points of reference spotty. And the bias, though, frankly, in my opinion, really isn't the total issue. The total issue is that uh, it's the presentation that they're not biased. So if I go to Fox News or I go to CNN, they're not going to come out and say, you know what, we're left-leaning and we're only going to lean left. They're not going to come out and say we're right-leaning and we're only going to re- lean right. And the organizations like The Hill are not going to come out and say, hey, we're center of the road. Well, they bi- won't. bias is based on your perception of where you are. Well, it's also If you don't believe on- you're left-leaning, if you believe you're right and you're not being biased, you're being truthful. Yeah, but those preferences and those viewpoints of left or right do have social parameters that we can relate to. We can Someone relate who, to them if we judge things on this spectrum. Of but if you believe, if you believe culture. your narrow, echoed view is the correct one and the only one, you're not biasing anybody but, except biasing the truth. Yeah, but your believing truth. that your view is the only correct one in and of itself is a biased position. Only by somebody outside of that viewpoint. Which is everyone besides you. But my point is, is if you, this goes back to what we talked about the other day. If your perception is your lens, your viewpoint is the only reality there truly is, then you believe you're right. I'm not saying And if that, you have a group yep. that has a, a narrowly defined parameter of what uh-huh. is right and wrong, then you're not biased at all. You're just trying to get people but, to understand the truth. An individual is different than an organization that should be committed to, per the parameters of journalistic integrity, a viewpoint of news. Why should I believe Spread those right-hand people or those left-hand people have any credence at all? They're you just shouldn't. a bunch of numb nuts that don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Because they're so far to the right or so far to the left, they're so out of bounds, they don't understand the truth at all. They can't handle the truth. It's not that they can't. Right? No, it's not that they don't understand the truth. It's that they take the truth no, and then intentionally manipulate it. understand it. So they take the truth and they intentionally manipulate it and know that they're manipulating it. You only are intentionally manipulating something if you believe your view is wrong. I don't if agree you, with if, that. That if, doesn't yes, make sense. Yes. If you if you say to yourself, you know what? That doesn't make sense. I believe wholeheartedly that this crime I'm committing is not a crime. And I'm going to prove to everybody it's not a crime. So I'm going to get people to understand. I'm going to tailor everything I freaking say and do around this crime, whatever that crime is. Uh-huh. Do you, do you understand where I'm going? I or is do, this but the, I don't the, I don't agree with it. I don't think that people well, I don't agree with it. You don't agree with it because you're wrong and I'm right. Yeah, but I don't think so I'm that not people, biasing you. But here's the problem is you're you're broad stroking an individual to say that they don't have the capacity to understand that what they're saying is incorrect. No, they have the capacity to believe other people are wrong. No, I don't believe that. I, I think that they're doing I think, it to me right now. I'm disagreeing with you. I think you believe I'm wrong. Do you believe I'm wrong or right? No, I think the position you take. Do you believe I'm wrong or right? 
I think the position that you're taking is a little sharp to the sense of not being uh, as gray as the world is. If I sit down with someone as a Democrat or as a Republican, I say, you know what? I do think that Americans should have gun rights, or I do think Americans should have the right to an abortion, but I'm going to go in front of Congress and I'm going to go in front of Senate and say the exact opposite because I know it's going to get me points with a group that will keep me in power. That person knows what they're saying is being manipulated by them. That person is going in front of Congress without that first segment of your... I, of I your, disagree. I don't. Uh, I see because that. Th- that That's, person is going in front of Congress saying... The, the ends just the ends meaning I'm right and you're wrong. My viewpoint and my world viewpoint, uh-huh. along with my collective uh, cadre of people that I was educated with at university and I grew up with in politics, and I, we're we're right. We have it all together. If we don't do this, you're but we're gonna we are absolutely. Con- Hundred percent right. The problem is no one else you're is right painting except a us. picture of those people being entirely delusional. Someone can take Jesus, a position. What are we looking at today? But, but, other but, than but that. that's an extreme position to take. There's been plenty of people in society that have taken positions on something that is extreme and not have believed those positions and so flipped once the either, narrative you wasn't have favorable. To believe everybody is lying about something for a hidden agenda, uh-huh. or you believe they believe their own bullshit. One or the other. What uh, else is there? A mix. You can say there's a mix. You can't. Okay, but e- people either, are not. Okay, let's say it's. I, you know me well enough to know that I believe everything is gray. So I'm being controversial and combative yeah, for a reason. I understand. But, but, the, but I still believe this wholeheartedly, that, that people take on a viewpoint and get uh, very emotional about it because they decided through either their group or what they've learned or the echo chamber they're in that they are right and it's worth their life to be right. So let me and ask you a question. the only reason that's happening is that we're not down to that base level I, I was question? talking about before. Can I ask you a question? Yes. For all of the politicians who have armed guards and security and have guns in their home but are anti-gun legislation, why is it that they're taking that position if they believe that guns are inherently bad and we have to absolutely believe that narrative while they because themselves contradict they, themselves? Because they believe that they are above that fray and that they were put in a position of power. I don't think so. Sure they do. So I don't he's think, saying that I don't think things that, are most and you're saying that people are evil. Maybe you both can be right and wrong. I'm saying we can both be at the same t- right at the same time. Bail, only one of us can be right. So, so my, my <laughs> whole point is not that you can't have those positions. My whole point is someone can have those positions and then also know that they're full of shit in front of the camera. Right, and if they know they're full of shit, then they, they maybe not evil, but they're certainly criminal. You think, so, but, but because they have an agenda, sure. That or so, so maybe they don't believe maybe. in what they're saying, but they believe in the agenda behind the curtain. That's what they believe. What was, in. What was that guy's? So what was that mayor's name in New York who went on TV and ate a hamburger while trying? Blasio. To pre- he ate a hamburger while trying to prevent convince people to be healthy. Yeah, you he can't be telling that, me that at the end of that thing, when everything wrapped up, he went back to his house and said. But he doesn't totally count. believe what I, he how does he count? count? He's not who he's trying to save. He's not trying to save himself. He's trying <laughs> to see, save that, that's, the great unwashed oh masses. That, masses. But that's, that's what but it's again, always about. I, I don't know. I think that's an extreme. Isn't position it always? Now think about this. But Isn't it always about that? You have. I think you both but just took very extreme it's, it's, positions. But it's all about how, the king. Would you like to contribute? Does not care about the serfs. It doesn't. Uh, but but again, that's 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 a position that I think the king can have while simultaneously believing and thinking that his narrative might also be incorrect. 
There's plenty of people. The king thought they were the mouth of God. They were brought yeah, but, up from birth. But not every single person who has ever done something thinks that way. My, my, my point is that if you are going to do something outside of your own, um, your own small circle of influence, if you're going to do something bigger than yourself, you better well fucking believe what you believe in. Or be really good at lying. Or, okay. But if you're lying, then that's criminal. It doesn't. It's I don't think it's, it's deceptive. I wouldn't say it's criminal. I it's, mean, it, in in the big scope, ethical. I, I it's unethical. Say, yeah. yeah. It, it, but, because because you're doing it, but but you're doing because you believe in the agenda. Well, so well, a much. prime a prime example is Theranos, right? She clearly clearly believed that she could manipulate people to get away with pro- producing something. She that clearly didn't grew exist. up. If you if you watched the thing and read about her, she grew up in an environment that basically told her you can do anything. Yeah, so now anything. we're now we're and watering down individuals to just a I'm not securely watering, what do you nurture you want me to do? perspective. Take Ten hours to describe no, her history. No, no, no. I'm saying that I'm that's not very nurture. Versus well, let me finish nature, my right? sentence. She she went and she went through this this philosophy of life yeah. that said I can do anything. And I'm going to follow in the footsteps of Stephen Jobs. I'm going to look like him. I'm going to sound like him. Sure. And, and, and I'm telling you what, the, the ends justify. This is what I was talking about a minute ago. The ends justify the means. She truly believed and probably still believes that that, that system she was trying to put together will work and would have worked. And she was going to do all this stuff to prepare and get there because she knew 100% it was going to work. Mm. And then somewhere along the line... Things crossed, and uh, now see, it became, I, I, I really struggle with that because I, I people know people have done it for years. I understand that, but fake people, it till you make people it. have all, but that fake it till you make it thing, by the way, is a purely modern time scenario. I, that How viewpoint, do you think that? that viewpoint, one hundred percent, is purely optimistic bullshit. We've talked about this in other episodes. Yes, toxic positivity. Believe what you want to speak oh, into existence. You know what? Nonsense. How many experiments did Thomas Edison have? Before he got that thing right, I don't think he and sat he in front up? of the mirror and said, "I'm going to believe this wholeheartedly." Okay, he I'm going to test Jack it until Handy. it fails. Yeah, but my my point is still the same. This I'm not saying this is. I am certainly I I truly believe in in you know the positive thinking and all that kind sure. of stuff for sure because it's better than negative, right? As, as Zig Ziglar used to say. Yeah, but but sure. my my point is still the same, and I, I'm going way off the tangent here. But people are lying from our point of view. From their point of view, they're doing something to try to convince you of their truth because their agenda or their goal overrides the uh, the reason for lying or but, but our see, point of view or anything else but that again i don't i don't i struggle with that not because i don't think that there is some credence i think there can be i just don't have a, a the ability to condense it down to that perspective of people either a believe that they're hot shit and are never wrong about anything or b are so ignorant to believe that they only believe the people who believe they're hot shit and are, are never wrong about anything i don't condense that down to people and i don't everything think everything is people, gray there's a million aspects yeah, of this I, I just don't but think to that's get the case. to get a, a point across you have to dissolve dissolve it yes. down to simplicity sure that's what i'm trying to do so you believe what you're saying or you make it seem like you believe what you're saying and then deceive But people. if you make it seem that you believe what you're saying, then you must be have something back here that you believe so much that you think lying about it is important enough to do. I don't think you may believe it's just the incentive of getting something, right? But so what does that mean? Okay, the incentive for money, power, power fame, and why do they want that. power? Because it's a lot better than having no power. <laughs> power is there for you to do things. Sure. Right? 
but none of them choose to do anything. It's kind of like like we were talking about the other day about about writers and uh, photographers and filmmakers and things like that. They will they will put together a a formula for for the ability to sell something because they know the formula works because they've got in their mind the masterpiece. Yeah, but they can't afford to do it until they they get that other thing out of the way. Yeah. And they don't have the quote unquote power to do it until they make money doing the other thing. Sure. So that's what people do. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, it comes, you, you love psychology. It comes down to psychology all the time. That's all this is. This is, this is ABC. It's transference. It's, it's, it's trying to, to moderate what you do to initiate something behind the curtain yeah. that you want done. Well, one thing I will say, and I think that that position actually segues into this nicely because we do have to wrap wrap this up. I do think that that position of uh, believing your narrative till the end of time is going to result in the death of the news media. I think it is resulting in the death, maybe the death spiral or death gurgle of the news media already. Um, According to uh, the Pew Research Center, two thirds of Americans think made up news intends to mislead the public. Most Americans uh, think this uh, made up news impacts confidence in government, about 68% of them, confidence in each other, about 54% of them, and political leaders' ability to get work done, about 51% of them. Pew also noted that people are likely to, more likely to trust media that fairly represents them in a light that they relate with, paraphrased, as you guys said a second ago. So that does speak to that. Um, also according to an article and poll from Gallup, Gallup from October, 2021, 36% of the U S have a great deal or fair amount of trust in mass media split between 7% saying they have a great deal of trust and 29% saying they have a fair amount. These data points come from Gallup's tracking of the public confidence in key U S institutions, which began in 1972 between 1972 and 1976, 68% of Americans had a, you know, trust in news media, uh, to 72% of Americans expressing trust in uh, mass media. For further reference, in 1997, 53% of Americans collectively represented stated that uh, they had great a great deal or fair amount of trust. In 2004, that number dipped to 44%. In 2008, it dropped to 43%. And in 2016, it dropped to 32% and so on. For further political reference, Democrats, compared to Republicans, trust the news media at a highly polarized rate of 68% compared to the 31% of independents and 11% of Republicans trust in the media. Oddly, and there's a graph below, uh, Democratic trust in the media has sharply risen since 2016 when it sat at 51%. 2017 marked a jump to 20, to 72%, uh, 76% in 2018, 69% in 2019, 73% in 2020, and 68% in 2021. It makes a lot of sense, actually. It's, uh, you know, if you have, as you discussed earlier, that the primary elements of mass media's day are, are fairly left-leaning yep. and controlled by companies that are left-leaning, mm. then those that are left-leaning will start to increase their ability to agree with that. And those that are center or right are going to decrease the Be left of, out. Yeah. Unite with a common enemy. Well, in this instance, they'd be uniting with, uh, well, I guess that maybe, I mean, I, I, don't necessarily know if they see them as enemies anymore. No, I am um, referring to you uh, in this graph. You say Democrat trust in the media has sharply risen since 2016, which is mm. the same year that Donald Trump was elected to yes, uh, exactly. president. Yeah. Good point. Which Very good point. I think is interesting. I mean, uh, you know, in 2005, it was at 70 percent. So it's not uh, it, what I find to be interesting is both Republican and independent trust, according to this graph, has consistently declined. Like Republican trust has not been above 50% since 1998. And then independent trust has not been above 50% since 2003. 
So it tells you that the waters are moving in a specific direction and they will not go back in the other direction unless there be a cataclysmic event. If you look at that 1998, almost all three were like right on top of each other Mm -hmm. in terms of trust levels. So from there it diverged. You always have to wonder though, um, with a pendulum swing like this, with Democrats trusting in the media more than ever, it looks like in 2017, 2020, uh, will that pendulum swing towards Republicans down the line? Who knows? I don't think so. Uh, and I don't mean it in the sense that I don't think there's ever going to be a Republican leader again or another group that takes power. I just mean in the sense that I think after the last few years, all of uh, mass media is probably going down the drain and you can't really reverse that cycle. It'll come back in different forms. You can see that with, you know, independent sources coming up um, like, you know, Daily Wire, for example, uh, gr- blowing up over the last few years because people want something that either a is center and tells them that it's center or B is a group that says, Hey, you know what? We're right. And our positions are going to be right. Or we're left and our positions are going to be left. People don't like deception unless it specifically aligns with their biases. Well, think of, um, you know, you, you mentioned daily wire, which openly says they're a conservative news outlet. And then you have, um, podcasts, which is a huge way people get news today. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone like Rachel Maddow, who, doesn't shy away from saying yeah, but she never says that she's she'll never ever come out and say i'm on a left lean far left ever that'd okay. be interesting i've never i've never heard what she says she is um does they she identify, say she's right well here's the no I, right, here's the thing is it's correct. never stated it, it's it's and, and this may have changed i used to listen to her a few years ago and she's look she's fine i don't have any qualms with these individuals outside of the disney corporation um uh, i think they're trying to make a buck and mass media is trying to stay alive so they're going to take positions that are going to get more eyeballs on their their posts and their their websites in order to try and continue to exist because the medium no longer supports them it just doesn't they've been going out of business for like the last 40 years well it also depends on you know um you can look at someone like joe rogan who has the largest podcast in look the at world his viewership who uh has been a pretty traditional liberal the entire time that he's been for the most famous part, yeah. for the most part. And yeah, he has, you know, here and there opinions that may differ from the norm, but he's sort of labeled as like a far right guy, which is because he disagreed with the group. Well, right. and also because he is in competition, competition directly with the big six organizations that own all of the media. Right. And that's the realization that, that they must have is that someone like Joe Rogan has an enormous amount of power well, with a podcast. And also what's his overhead? Yeah, it's very in comparison. It's incredibly low. Yeah. Well, he had a hundred million funneled into his pocket by Spotify, mm-hmm. but Spotify Which also now controls now. removed. You know, we, we're on Spotify. Yeah, I'm not I'm not here to talk about no, that. But no. there's always, you know, well, their control will be different, and there'll be someone some to take the vacuum eventually. I mean, if a, if a vacuum is open, someone will fill it. Um, but I guess the best way to end this podcast is with a quote, and this one is by John Dickinson. Uh, He said in 1968 in the Liberty Song, then join hand in hand, brave Americans all by uniting we stand and by dividing we fall. Hey, everyone, this is the Wolf speaking, wrapping up yet another episode of the Wolf and Bull podcast. We appreciate you spending your time with us and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode. If you like what you heard, tell your friends and family, your neighbors, the local bartender, your doctor, your boss, and hell, you can even tell us. 
By leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you can directly help build the Wolf and Bull cult. I mean, uh, the Wolf and Bull family. We can be found on most major podcasting platforms and social media. So what are you waiting for? Scoot on out of here and enjoy your day. But you should probably leave us a review first.